Hey traders, David Frost, my strategic forecast. You're here for another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis. Today is Tuesday, March 2, 2021. We're looking at a daily chart of the SPY or Spider, which is the proxy for the S&P 500. What do we have on the docket today. There's actually a lot of stuff on the docket today. I've got a laundry list of notes as it relates to different charts that we're going to discuss. We're going to look under the hood. We're going to pick apart the market. But here's the first thing we're going to do. We're going to take a look at the daily chart and we're going to see what jumps off the page. What's screaming information to us? What can we learn from what's been going on on the daily chart? That's an exercise we have to do every single day, not just on the daily chart, but on all the time frames we always look at, we look at the chart and we look at it periodically throughout the day or we look at it at the end of the day, it doesn't really matter. It's whatever floats your boat. But at the end of the day, what we want to do is see what we can learn from the price action the market did. And it does different stuff on different charts to a different magnitude. It looks different on a five minute chart than it does on a two hour chart, of course. There's different amount of data in each candle. The shorter stuff gets magnified. The longer stuff or the longer, larger time frames isn't as magnified. The moves don't appear as dramatic. That's why, and I always say this, when I find that traders, they tell me, hey, what do you think about this one-minute chart or three-minute chart? And what I normally tell them is there's too little data on each of those candles or not enough data on each of those candles the charts are very fast. It gives you a false sense of what's actually happening. Sometimes it plays games with your emotions. You know what it is? It's kind of like a circle jerk. You think the market's moving big in one direction or another. You flip over to a 15 or a 30 minute chart or an hourly chart and then you realize, wait a minute, price just moved like 50 cents. Nothing's happening. Yet the person on the one minute chart might have got whipped in and out of the trade four times. I digress. All right, back to the daily chart. They gave up once again the 20 period moving average. Is that important? Well, it has some importance, but it has less importance as time goes on. Why is that? Well, above all the moving averages, the trend is your friend, yada, yada, yada. But here's the thing. How strong at present is the 20 period moving average? How resistant or supportive to price is it going to be? Well, they've been back and forth through the 20 period moving average over the last several days a few times. When that happens, it diminishes the importance of either said support level, resistance price, or moving average are all one and the same. So on one hand, the trend is your friend until she dumps you. Now they've given up the 20 period moving average on close today. Now they did it at the end of the day, so that does count for something. So since we're having that discussion, let's take a look at a shorter time frame. About a 10 minute chart today. You can see the last 10 minutes of the trading day, they ran down to close below the 20 period moving average. Let's see exactly what price that was. 388.10. How ironic, I didn't even know that until this moment. How ironic, there's no accidents, there are no coincidences. Why do I say that? Well, because 388 is important. It was important. It was a focal point for the day. We'll come back to that later. Now that we're semi-focused on 388, which even though I just said we'll come back to it later, 
now still counts as later. You can see what was going on into the end of the day. Each candle, as they dripped lower, tried to recapture or at least get back above 388. Neither or none of these three could do it. And then the last 10 minutes of the day, they killed them into the close. What else is going on on the daily chart? Well, we know from yesterday that they ran up to run a test in the vicinity or neighborhood of the breakdown candle high. They didn't quite get to the high, but they got close enough. They didn't make a new high today and finished poorly on the day. So right out of the chute, that's negative information for the market. That's negative for the bulls, positive for the bears. Why is that? Well, there's a number of reasons, but A, let's look back to the breakdown candle. They tested the high. Now they're trending lower once again. So was it only a test and this is a true breakdown candle high? They made a quick bearish wedge and they're going to go lower yet again. Is that on or off the table? It's absolutely on the table until and unless they close a day above the high of that breakdown candle. They haven't done that, so it is on the table. What else you got on the daily chart? You have a series of lower highs. That's more information. Now, also, in addition to the fact that you have lower highs, you also have a trend line that if they began or if they begin to push above this trend line, they'll retest the highs and potentially go higher. So there's a two thing going on. There's a two-sided coin here. You've got a series of lower highs, but in the big scheme of things, from a daily chart, even though we just gave up the 20 once again, from a longer-term perspective, weekly chart, you're still in an uptrend. The trend is your friend until she dumps you, but also it's the dominant thing. So if you had two things and one was way more dominant than the other, you have to give the nod to the dominant thing. It's kind of like tie goes to the runner in baseball, but that's not true either because there's technically no such thing as a tie. In theory, and this is where the human element comes in in baseball, you give the deal, whether it's to the runner or whether it's to the defensive play, you give the deal to the better play. If, in fact, you're playing umpire and it appears that there's a tie and there's no way you can tell who beat who, you give the deal to the better play. If there was a diving stop and a great throw and it's a bang-bang play, you give it to the defense. If the guy running out of the box was Charlie Hustle and he beat out what would normally be an out and turned it into a base hit, you give it to him. If you're in the major leagues, you have instant replay. If you're in little league and high school, you give it to who you want. I digress again. All right, let's switch gears, go to inside the numbers, Here's the pre-market commentary, just a reminder, right out of the chute, first thing, AM, zero dark 30, it's turnaround Tuesday. Big update yesterday, today was a pullback, today was a retracement, today was a down day. All those three things are the same. Normal garden variety stuff. Let's see what we've got in the early thoughts. In concert with yesterday, and this is in the pre-market, as they started trading in the pre-market, or not started, as I started watching them in the morning, they started getting stronger and stronger as the opening bell got closer and closer. Well, guess what? Generally speaking, and we're using the 80-20 rule, 80% of the time, the same thing happens over and over again. 20% of the time, something different is going on. Well, using the 80-20 rule, 
that generally tells you that they're headed for a destination not yet reached. So what we want to do first thing in the morning is identify what the early signs are. What does it look like they're doing? If they're doing that, what is the possible destination? And if they're not doing that, where do they get into trouble? That's really the checklist going into Zero Dark Thirty. They never did stage the rally. They never did get above yesterday's high. So we don't have to worry about the 292 and change and that stuff. But that's what the target would have been had they started pushing higher above other numbers. Other numbers that you'll see cited throughout inside the numbers throughout the commentary. Let's move along. We're going to circle back to stocks on the move. You let them go for a while after the opening bell. You have to let them open the day. You've got to let them provide some semblance of a storyline, something we can sink our teeth into and or hang our hat on. What's a really important spot on the board? 390.50. Why is that important? Because that to me was the gateway that opens the door to 392 and change. And you get up there and you start pushing near the old highs. Things change. In fact, they never really did get up to 390.50. They just pushed into 390 point something, and that was it for the day. They tried to rally a few times, just kept coming up short. And then, as a result of that, what do you have? You have lower highs. Lower highs are bearish. Let's move along, see what else we've got up on the board. 389 is going to be important. You're going to see it over and over again. 388 is important. You're going to see it over and over again. 388.50 was from yesterday, still played a role. If you're going to be active in these markets, you need to know your numbers. If you don't know your numbers, you need help. If you want help, you can get it here. This is tour guide quality information. I'm going to scroll up a little bit and we're going to pick out a couple of important things. So we know about 389, we know about 388, we know about 388.50, that's all bunched together. But it's okay if it's bunched together. You could take advantage of bunched numbers. How do you do that? Well, if price is coming into a series of numbers that should be support and they're 50 cents apart, well, you can buy one at one and one at the second, some at one and some at the second. You can split your position, average the thing, and still wind up on the positive side of the trade. There's nothing wrong with doing that. I do it all the time. What you'll also see is another number on a failure. It'll show up here sooner or later, and it's 386.50. Now, what kind of business, here we go, what kind of business do we have talking about 386.50 all the way this morning when price was really far above that? Well, here's the thing, because you have to know what's on the table. It doesn't have to be something in the next five minutes but you've got to know what the thing is, the bigger picture is. If they're rallying, what's the destination? If they're falling, what's the destination? I need a short-term destination and I need a bigger picture destination. 386.50 happened to be a bigger picture destination for me. The 388 was a different type of number. Well, guess what? You'll notice that even though sometimes we're benched up, 388.50, 388 to 389, then all of a sudden there's nothing between 388 and 386.50. I don't make up the numbers, I just report the number. Yeah, how you doing? SPY, five minute chart, right of the vertical, today's activity. Let's set the table. 389 is the top line, 388.50 is the middle line, 388 
is the lower line only eclipsed on the downside by 386.50 into the closing bell. Not a lot you can do with that into the closing bell, but that's what they were doing into the closing bell when they gave up 388. And what you've already read or you will read in the notes section inside the numbers, the commentary is 388 was the line in the sand. That was the pivot. Give up 388 on closing candles or candle closes and opens the door for 386.50. It doesn't matter what today's numbers were. What matters is, are these numbers something that traders can take advantage of? Because what happens if this did happen at one o'clock in the afternoon? Different situation. We might have had a trade down to 386.50. We might have had a trade away from up in the northern direction, 386.50. You never know what the market's gonna give you when it's gonna give it to you. Now, even look at this. So they came up short by like eight cents earlier in the day. And what you'll also read in the commentary is that they came up short. It's not an accident, it's not a coincidence. It's the way the market allows you to read certain things. Not every time, sometimes it's a fake out, sometimes they're trying to tell you something. What do I take away from situations like this? Well, there's two things. Number one is, it's bullish when it happens. They miss the number, they trade away, they couldn't get there. I look at that as bullish behavior. But then, if they start heading back in that direction, and they break certain stuff on the downside like they did today, then you know they're going for it. Then you know it was not necessarily a trick before, but they're gonna come back to take care of business. You can't control what they do, but you can control what you think they're doing, at least in terms of the way you think about it. You can control your thought process and you have the ability to control your emotions. It's not easy to do, but you can certainly learn to do it. When you have the numbers in your back pocket and you have to believe in the numbers in order for you to control your emotions, but if you can get to the point where you believe in the numbers because you understand the system, you understand the process, you understand why those numbers are important. Once you get to that point, then you can begin controlling your emotions because you have a confidence level in what the market is actually doing at a specific point in time. Put that in your pipe and smoke it. Let's get through the rest of the commentary. I gave you a lot, so what I urge you to do is pause the video. Read the commentary, check the numbers against the chart, check the commentary against what happened after the fact. The reason I say that over and over again is because if you're on the fence, if you need help, if you're looking for some answers, if you're active in the market during the trading day, then at least afford yourself the opportunity to see if this is something that can work for you. If not, fair enough. One thing I can say is, that you should be learning at minimum of a small bucket full of information each and every day if you're inside the number. Sometimes you may not even realize what you're learning. It's like a full stack. The information stacks upon itself and then all of a sudden it becomes more meaningful and more meaningful over time as you continue to stack the information on top of information, all of which you didn't have before. We'll take a look at stocks on the move. IGT, jump the target. We'll look at the uh, chart. 
Switch, S-W-C-H, F-G-E-N-I-N-S-G. Whoever heard of these names? Whoever heard of these companies, these symbols? Other than IGT and TCOM and WMB. What I really meant was, whoever heard of those last two? A lot of emails on this one today. F-G-E-N, 3588 entry number one. Entry number two, 3365, they came up short. So here's the situation. This is the low of 3384. And then they start going sideways. So the emails start to roll in about, hey, looks like they're making a bearish pattern. They're going to go lower. Okay, fair enough. I understand why those emails come in. So rather than answer them each individually with the same thing over and over again, I thought I would address it tonight because they're actually rational, good questions at the right time with the right look. I mean, here's a 15-minute chart, for example. So you can see this is a bearish pattern in the making. But why does it fail? Why didn't it work? Well, here's the way I look at that. And again, you're inside my head, so put on the galoshes. The market, or in this case, the stock, F-G-E-N. Think about this for a minute. So it was down 25 30%. So it was headed for a destination. It found the destination. We know that. We see that. And then two things, one of two things will happen at the destination. Either they're going to hang around for a cup of coffee, which looked apparent, or they're going to turn around and go back in the other direction. But what about the middle ground? What about time? And this is where you have to understand that time is more important than price. Some of these things turn around on a dime. Some of them take time. And here's a picture of an hourly chart. It just takes time. You don't know which one's going to be. That's the challenge of the trade. That's why this is the risk business. Remember from something we said a lot earlier and we say just about every single day, the larger trend, for example, or the larger thing is the dominant thing. So look at it like that. So say the bigger picture thing was they were headed to a big time destination, probably off of a longer or larger time frame chart meaning I found the number not from a five-minute chart, but from a longer, larger time frame, bigger chart. It was a bigger thing going on. It wasn't a five-minute chart. It wasn't an hourly chart. They were falling 25 or 30%. They were getting hammered. That comes from a big thing. There are times to think big. There are times to think small. You have to know how to balance the two. I'm not saying it's easy, and we're not going to dig into that one right now. Net-net. Look what they did into the close. They went as high as 39.42. Took time. They were up in that neighborhood even before that. It takes time, but once they got going, and look what happened once they got back above 35.88. The fact that they went so quickly and came back for the retest and then took off reinforces 35.88 within pennies on either side was in fact the number. About switch, they did the deal off the second number quickly. Let me help everybody understand this is a low price stock. It's $15.64 on entry. We're not looking for 30 or 40 or 50 cent gain. Be nice if you get it, but you have to be realistic and adjust your expectations to the price of the stock in terms of at minimum of what we're looking for to qualify for the base hit. If they keep going and it turns into a double, triple home run, all that stuff, that's great. 
you get the base hit, they come back, you got a cut and run, you got yourself a half a base hit. It's okay. They went as high as 15.95. So that actually did go 30 cents. It's almost 2%. Guess what? In a matter of minutes, who won't take or who wouldn't take or who shouldn't take 2%? INSG. Up on the board, bright and early, $11.76, 9.51. This is the three-minute candle ending 9.51. The low is $11.76. The next candle makes a high of $12.17. Same thing. It's a low-priced stock. It's a teenager. You're happy with that gain. You have to be able to put some profit in your pocket when they pop like that quickly. 35 cents off of $11.76 entry, you have to take that. How about IGT, Heartbreak Hotel? Let me set the table. 1806 was entry number one. It melts down right by the opening bell. They open 1781, rip it higher immediately for a rocket ride. You know 1806, give or take a penny or so on either side is important. Why? They come back for the retest, making a low of 1808. Again, reinforcing the importance of that spot. Heartbreak Hotel. What about Camp IWM? Same routine that we just discussed in the SPY chart. Same thing found here. They just gave up again the 20-period moving average. Are they headed down to fill this gap and or lower? Yeah, probably. We have to be the umpire calling balls and strikes. You have to understand that this is still intact. This is still possible, and they could still have another rally. What happens if they fill this gap, stay in this bullish, flaggish kind of formation, and then shoot to the upside? That is absolutely 110% possible. It's an awareness. Start closing candles or closing the day below that gap, Something else is probably going on. Ricochet off that gap, heading back higher, watch out. I'm not saying that is going to happen. We're looking at this chart different than any other chart. Why is that? Because we treat and look at each individual chart independent of one another. This is its own market. We're doing the analysis on the IWM daily chart, period, full stop. What else we got on the daily chart? Same breakdown candle. So what they do? They went to run a test of the top. Now they're coming back down. So we still have the same concept, lower highs. At times, when you talk about these daily charts, it's like a two-headed coin. You have a bull flag. You have a breakdown candle high that was just tested. They're falling away. So the thing appears and is acting. The price action is bearish at present from a shorter perspective, right? What happened today? What happened yesterday? what happened last Thursday in creating that candle, all that stuff. But then you look back and you say, yeah, but for the last few weeks, all they're doing is eating time off the clock, building energy to make another move higher until and unless that fails. That will begin to fail if they close below this gap. That's the rub. What about the folks down at the transportation department? What do we have to say about them? They're high in the chart. They're above all the moving averages. There's nothing wrong with this chart. It was down three quarters of a percent at the highs or around the highs. All we're going to do from this perspective is move it along. Similar conversation, only we change to the 50 period moving average. And when I mean similar, I mean to the SPY and to the IWM. And by the way, we should make mention 
that the IWM is my favorite market leading indicator and did lead as pitted against or compared to the other major indices. Has to be a puzzle piece, has to be on the table. Q's finished on the lows, heading for this gap, same routine. We can look at this one differently though. Now we just outlined the IWM chart and we did one of these, right? So here's an up move, that's a flagpole, and here's a flag. And the flags break to the upside, right? We know about all that. But what about this one? This is totally different. This flag is flipped upside down. How could that be? Something is amiss. One of these indices will turn around and catch up to the other. Why? Because we have diverging things. They won't stay diverging for very long. Put that on a sticky note. How about the XLF? Now we have something here that we don't have on the other charts. From last week, we have a reversal candle from making a new high, finishing near the lows. We have yet to eclipse or even run a test of the high of that reversal slash breakdown candle. So that's interesting, it's of note, but they're high on the chart. They're above all the moving averages. The trend is the dominant thing. The shorter thing, the smaller thing, is the reversal candle from last week. Get above the reversal candle, and the reversal candle didn't matter. It wasn't a reversal candle. If you stay below that, it does matter. So therefore, can a trader trade short against the high of that candle? And the answer is yes. What candle am I discussing? This one here from the 25th of February. You can be short. They close the day above that high. You cut and run and the trade was wrong. That's the way you do it. That's how you lose small and fast if you have to lose at all. Look at the high. It was 33.84. What's current price? 33.20. You're in the risk business. How about Smash Mouth? Now, Smash Mouth is a pretty good proxy for the tech sector as a whole. Here it is, giving up again the 20 period moving average like the other indices we talked about before, but here you have similar to the Qs. You have a bearish pattern developing on the daily chart different than the IWM. So I've got Smash Mouth with a bearish pattern, the Qs with a bearish pattern, I've got diverging stuff that won't stay diverging for long it will clear up. Have I told you how much I appreciate each and every one of you? Without you, these videos are not possible. That is true and accurate information. We're gonna pull the ripcord here today. I'm David Frost, my strategic forecast. Thanks again for tuning in to another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis.